I just can't wait to like see what like the hospitality sort of and restaurant industry does in you know especially in Melbourne like next year because um, you can see what people are doing now it's just when when we open up and there's full teams back in restaurants it's the food's just going to be next level you know one of the most noticeable features of the pandemic has been the difference between the city and the suburbs the way that communities have responded to their restaurants and looked after them when they live close to them we've certainly seen this phenomenon in melbourne Today, we're chatting to Matt Woodhouse, who is from Comma Food and Wine and the Tuck Shop by Comma in Moorabbin, a little bit out of Melbourne Centre. Welcome to Daddy Linen, Matt. Thanks, Danny. Good to be here. Yeah, it's really good to have you. I have watched your restaurant closely, not actually close enough to get through the doors, but that's going to happen before too long. <laughs> but Hopefully soon. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're, we're just waiting for that announcement. <laughs> we are. Uh, but give us a little bit of a rundown on Comma, the neighbourhood and how you guys have come to be there doing what you're doing. Yeah, great. So like Adam, I, I kind of met Adam and Megan um, sort of late last year because um, their original cafe, Crooked Letters, um, is on my road in Paran. So um, they were sort of in the final stages of uh, getting Comma sort of open. And um, yeah, we sort of met up and I was going to just consult and do the menu for them. Um, and then we sort of, had, you know, we sort of clicked really well and um, they were telling me about what they wanted to do with Tuck Shop. And um, that was kind of what I was doing anyway, was that sort of takeaway sandwich thing with uh, New Order in in Paran. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of clicked and we were just came into a full-time role, really. Um, yeah. Tell us about where Comma's situated. What's the neighbourhood like? Yeah, so it's in Marabin, just opposite the station. So, I mean, I suppose it's, you know, gentrified is the word, really. It's um, There's a lot of businesses coming in there, a lot of young families, really good community. You know, everyone sort of gets on. Adam and Megan have actually sort of lived there around that area for a good few years now. So they so they know the community well already. Um, and I know if from from chatting to Megan, you know, around the time of the restaurant's opening, she felt that there'd been a bit of a, I guess, a mood shift in the way people felt about where they lived and where they wanted to eat in relation to it. Yeah, 100%. Like, with, you know, with um, no, no one's going, no one can go into the sort of CBD necessarily or travel far. So, um you know, I, I certainly found people are staying in, you know, in the suburb and really wanting to eat at their local places, um, you know, with their community as well. So um, we've really found that people have um, sort of rallied around and supported us. You know, we've got some really good regulars already. We've only been sort of open um, sort of nine months, ten months now. So. And so when you opened, it, it was like we've been in and out of lockdown so much. But when you opened, it, what you what people were able to dine in, weren't they? Yeah. So we opened literally a week before Christmas, I think, or two weeks before Christmas. It was quite, um, yeah, quite early on. And um, we did a sort of soft opening because we, um, we thought that area would be quite quiet over sort of you know christmas new year anyway so we did a did a few weeks and then we closed for for the christmas period and and then january was um you know sort of opened up again and um yeah it was it was it was good and you know we had a bit of press and that sort of um got us going and then we got into lockdown which was a bit of a pain but um you know it is what it is and it's all about just staying relevant and you know keeping active on you know social medias and things and um 
keeping people aware that we're still there when we're coming back and and that sort of thing. But um, we've done, we've done, you know, we're happy for where we are for, and what we've done so far in this short period. And we just, yeah, can't wait to reopen, really. Well, tell us about some of the things that you have done. What have you done to look after your community, both when people can dine in and during lockdown? So we did the pop-ups with Tuck Shop. So Tuck Shop's just literally just around the corner from Comma. Um, and it was always on the cards. We always wanted to open it, regardless of, of lockdowns or anything like that. Um, but it was, we were kind of lucky with timings that, you know, we could do these pop-ups um, and get people interested in Tuck Shop. And, you know, this is what's going to come to the area. Um, and people loved it, you know. And um, it was, you know, it was a big boost for us and our staff, you know, really, really promising and, you know, uplifting, really. Um, so that's our main thing through the lockdowns this year. Um, and then sort of with Comma, we've, um, we did a Father's Day dine at home pack. Um, that was our first thing we've really done with Comma at home. Um, and we had a really good response from that. It was, um, you know, we did a, a lot of our classic dishes on our menu, which people know. And, um, yeah, it was good. And we're doing one this weekend as well, coming up, just um, a bit of a cheaper option. To, it's a two-course for uh, $100. Sorry, um, four-course for $100 for two people. Um, and, yeah, I think we'll sort of look at doing that again, um, maybe not every week, but maybe uh, maybe uh, every other week, um, and bring some sort of new dishes that we want to bring onto the menu coming into the spring-summer season when we can reopen. So give us a sense of the different offerings at the two places. What, what, what sort of food is there at Comma and how do you go th- take us through your thought process of sort of give, giving us something that's still part of the brand but is a different offering as you do at Tuck Shop? Yeah, exactly. Well, Tuck Shop's a very small um, space. Um, so we always knew that we – and what we wanted to do is um, prep from Comma. So the menu had to um, – have crossover ingredients um so we've like uh, i suppose commons menus like european sort of style based i'm from the uk so that's what i sort of trained in um but you know with a with a so it's got traditional european flavors but you know with a modern twist i suppose um small menu just a couple of sort of proteins for mains smaller plates snacks that sort of thing we change it regularly um but our main focus really is on we try and keep local um we, you know, we use sort of cake grim hanger steak is our sort of we do a really good steak night in comma which has become pretty famous and that's gone over to our um well our hanger steak bagel um so that's our sort of main one we also use um aura king salmon so we use that in the in the restaurant and then we make our own sort of cured um salmon with pastrami spices um, and that goes on the on a bagel too so we're really thinking about how we can grow our business and make it profitable in a way where we're crossing over ingredients and crossing over staff because you know that's a big big issue in hospitality at the moment is one finding people and two you know making the business profitable really Mm. yeah it's really interesting because i suppose that so many businesses at the moment have thought about different income streams and how they can leverage off the original brand that they've created to keep business to keep business flowing through you know no matter what the circumstances what's actually the reason for doing it in a different site like could you not just run tuck shop out of comma well we um I, I, not yeah i suppose you could but it's it's different branding i suppose you know it's got um 
Comma's got a you know really sort of um, nice warm sort of um, feel to it when you go in there. You know, the sort of dim lights, that sort of thing, velvet bench um, seating, and um, Tuck Shop's quite it's quite bright, quite fun, I suppose. Um, and we've got a really good relationship with our landlord who from from Comma, and he offered the space for us. He said, "Oh, I've got I've got this hole in the wall. Um, I've got a lot of offices coming into the area." Um, they want a, a you know sandwich um, takeaway salad joint you know what can you do so we we put a, an idea to him and we've worked out a really good deal with him and to you know service those workers when they come back mm. yeah that's so interesting I, I mean to me it also feels like this is you know if you're there for the community you've got to be there for the community no matter where they are in their day or their week so you're sort of doing that Monday to Friday lunchtime quick service. Thing. And it, yeah, it should feel different to, okay, you know, we've got a babysitter or we're going to haul the kids and we're going to bring the dog and sit outside or whatever it is. And it's that really different feel. So yeah, that actually really makes a lot of sense to me that you would want them to be, I guess, differentiated, but also connected. Exactly. And I think, you know, we've, we sort of, um, with Comma, we did start opening for lunches and things. And I suppose we don't want that. We do want to look at doing that out in the summer, especially because we have got that out the front. Uh, we've got a bit of a beer garden area, which the council have been very, really good to us um, in letting us have, you know, seating out there all, all last all last summer, and they've continued to let us um, do that as well. So um, I think that'll be big for us next year, coming into the spring summer. Now um, people want to be outside, you know, enjoy the sun, and um, we can offer, you know, lunch in comma and tuck shop as well so and then they can bring their you know they can always bring their bagel round from round the corner sit in the beer garden have a beer so that's a, that's the kind of the idea we want to go for that's really nice and i mean how do you think things are going to pan out do you do you feel do you have to offer something at comma that is going to stop someone wanting to jump on the train and go into the city or hop in the car and go across to brighton you know do you do you feel like you need to keep amping it up or is there something just about being in the neighbourhood that keeps people anchored to you? I mean, I suppose me and Adam are both quite competitive people. So we always want to, we always want to make something better. You know, we'll, we're never happy with what we've got sort of thing. So we're always thinking about, oh, what can we do next? You know, so, and it's, and it's good for the team as well. I've got a really good um, chef in there, Luke, who, um, Luke Driscoll, he, he, he kind of runs the kitchen in comma while I sort of overlook, um, the menus and, and the other businesses. Um, and he's um, really good at sort of throwing out ideas and like taking control of certain projects and things that we, we give him. So, um, yeah, together we all make a really good team in regards to like thinking of new ideas and dishes and things like that. So um, I suppose with the menu direction with Comma, um, yeah, we just want to refine what we do and, you know, make it delicious and, and approachable as well, I suppose, Danny. We don't want to be, you know, a lot of places in the city, um, you know, that very fancy, you know, um, and obviously de- delicious, whereas we want to appeal to people more suburban, I suppose, um, and don't don't want to scare people away. We want people to come back sort of, you know, every week, really. Mm. So what's a dish, a comma dish that you just love or or even a comma dish that you think it's good now but there's something else I want to do to it? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at um, kind of what our steak offering, like because people love the steak, so like so um, 
our hanger steak's been really good. We're going to look at like how we're going to, what steak we use, whether or not we bring another steak in. Um, I suppose uh, the first dish I uh, developed was the octopus, and that's just a standout. Um, so we sous vide our octopus, Fremantle octopus, um, and then we grill it on the on the char grill with um, some really delicious eggplant puree and capers and tomatoes and olives, and everyone just loves that. So, um, yeah, it's just working out ways in which you can plate things and you know what ingredients are in season um and and really focus on the veg the garnishes i suppose but um we you know we we do our proteins really well and yeah i suppose working out what garnishes can you know lift the dish is the way we we're going to look at it and what about drinks like what do you think people are looking for for the in those neighborhood restaurants in terms of the drinks offering these days um we're really big on cocktails actually yeah so especially on the weekend people love cocktails um so yeah um adam's got some really good um sort of signature ones on the menu um and yeah like we, we use stomping ground they've just opened up around the corner as well um in in Mon- in moravin um so we use them and moon dog lagers and stuff like that so uh, we've got a good range good wines approachable wines um, you know, good price points as well. So, mm. I have to agree with you that I I'm much more ordering cocktails at restaurants than I ever have before, and I part of me thinks it's because I just want to celebrate every time I get to go to a restaurant where it's just like every meal has to be an occasion now. And it doesn't mean that I want to spend hundreds of dollars. It doesn't mean that I want to you know necessarily want to be there for three or four hours. But it does mean I want to at least I don't know have something a little bit fancy to start the start the meal off with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and it's 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 so nice having been able to go out, isn't it? And you know, in the last two years have just been crazy, and you just got to celebrate where you can, really. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Matt, tell us a bit more about yourself. Like, you, obviously, you are from England. What uh, were you already a chef when you were back in the UK, and and what brought you to Australia? Yeah, so I um I grew up in Wales actually, so I'm half English, half Welsh, but um. Yeah, I sort of worked in kitchens from when I was 15, you know, jobs here and there. And um, and I actually studied sound engineering at uni and um, was working through restaurants, you know, throughout that time. Um, did a few years as a restaurant manager as well. And then, yeah, so I've done a bit, a bit of it all, really. Um, and then I came to Australia probably nine, eight, nine years ago. I um, went to did a year in Sydney. That was pretty cool. Um, worked in Bondi. Obviously, everyone goes to Bondi, but um, yeah, it was really good. Got in with a good crew there, the Corner House, um, and I did a pop up in the um, in the Opera House. Actually, we did a six month stint there, so that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I moved to New Zealand, where I met my wife. I was there for two years in Auckland. Worked in a few wine bars, and um, I wanted a bit of a, <clears throat> a bit more of a work life balance. So, I actually went into sort of cafes and catering for a good few years so I've been in Melbourne now for five years. I mean tell me about that cafe lifestyle you know because a lot of people I mean it's daytime so it does seem like there's going to be a bit more work-life balance but it's pretty punishing isn't it or it can be at least. Oh it's very hard work yeah it is actually um yeah I kind of like didn't really want to go into it in in um in Auckland but I kind of you know had to and um but, but when I moved to Melbourne, I was actually really excited because, you know, following a lot of the bigger players like Top Paddock and all those sort of 
guys um you know i was looking at the food over in new zealand and going oh my god yeah this is this could actually be really good for my career and you know i've worked some, with some really good people some really good teams but it is it is it's tough yeah but um so i was um i suppose before i met adam and megan i just started my own sort of private chef business black slate kitchen um and that was literally just before covid so the plan was to like have a bit more of a um, mix up between doing you know, private dinners and, and working in the cafes and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll look at doing that again, um, you know, into next year as well. Um, it's quite flexible where I am at the moment with these guys. So um, yeah, I can still work there and then do the odd private dinner. Um, and I'm also working with um, Truffle Melbourne. So Nigel Wood, um, he owns Truffle Paddock. Um, so yeah, we've just come into um, possession of a, a food truck. So we're just looking at what we can do next year with that in regards to truffle dinners. Wow, that would be interesting. Like uh, that you'd be pulling up somewhere and catering a sit-down dinner, or that you'd just be doing like truffle burger type things. Well, a bit of both, really. Yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of looking at. Um, farmers markets that sort of thing where you can you know pull up as a food truck and do exactly that um but then nigel in the past has done a lot of um these truffle dinners you know he's done sort of guy grossi and jesse gurner i think are the main guys he works with um so yeah we can essentially have a you know food truck where we can prep from and sort of serve from take equipment down with us um to vineyards and things like that and you know do up to sort of 200 people Wow. I mean, that sounds exciting on a number of levels, not least that you're talking about <laughs> events for 200 people. That sounds fun. I would love to just be milling around with a whole bunch of people. That would be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But then also with, um, so back to sort of comma and tuck shop, we've actually um, speaking with Marabin Bowls Club at the moment who um, they've got a really good kitchen in there and they've sort of asked us to cater for functions, which, um, which they can't really do the food catering for. So we're looking at every option we can possibly possibly do to expand, really, yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really exciting. I mean, it, it, a lot of people are finding this period, understandably, very, very challenging and a total grind. But you sound really upbeat and optimistic and, you know, there's an idea around every corner. Like, what, what's with that? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's been it's been a bloody tough eight, eighteen months, and for me personally, this um, this lockdown's been the hardest. I must say, but um, yeah, you just got to keep positive. You have to. You know, we've got a really good team behind us. We've got four venues, um, and everyone's been there for quite a while. You know, um, so we just look after each other. I suppose um, you have to. Yeah. So. But it's all about being positive, I think. You know, if you get into a rut of sort of, um, you know, that negativity, then it's just going to really be quite detrimental to your business, I suppose. So, yeah, we're just as positive as we can be and, and um, thinking of the end goal, which hopefully is, uh, you know, <laughs> towards the end of November we'll be, we'll be out of it. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. I mean, when you say this lockdown's been hard or the hardest one, I feel I think a lot of people feel the same. Why do you think this one's been so hard? Um, Personally, for me, like I mean, my family's all in the UK, so I haven't seen them for 
two and a half years. I've got a um, seven-month baby, Walter. So he's sort of keeping me and my wife um, entertained all the time. She's doing a great job. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, people just want to go out and see their friends. I mean, it's, it's a long time, you know, see the family. Um, but it will come. It will come. Yeah, I think it will. And it's it's almost, yeah, I, I it does seem a long time. I'm really sorry that it's been that long since you've seen your family and it seems like that's going to be the last thing to, to come back. So, um, yeah, you definitely get sick of the old FaceTime, hey? <laughs> yeah, you do a little bit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. We keep in touch regularly, you know. Yeah, that's all you can do, right? But, um, yeah. Yeah. And so when you say, you know, you think the end of November, is that, uh, what are you basing that on? Is that just like what you've sort of put, yeah, is that a hunch or what have you done? It's a hunch, mate. It's an optimistic hunch. Yeah. I suppose, um, I suppose, you know, if that's a 70% double vax, you know, we can, maybe they'll let us open outdoor areas again, like they did last summer, um, you know, limited capacity, that sort of thing. But um, you never know. Yeah. And with the vaccination, like, are you hoping for like a mandate from the government in terms of allowing, in terms of staff and customers? Like, are you, what, what, what are you sort of thinking or how do you think that's going to play out and how would you like it to play out? I think it's such a decisive topic, you know, um, I was just reading an article then actually about, you know, these vaccine passports and stuff. I think it's such a hard Thing for the government to put on venues they've got enough going on and they have to sort of police um people who are vaccinated or not vaccinated coming into their venues i know it's really important but um it's going to be challenging i think yeah i think that is definitely the short answer it is going to be challenging no matter what it is i suppose you know the lower the vaccination rates the more the compliance is going to have to be part of it that's sort of what I think it's like if you know you've got really really high community vaccination then you can be you can there can be more leeway with the regulation of who's vaccinated and who's not and where they are um but I guess from from a business well and you know from all kinds of from events from schools all you know all kinds of aspects I feel like the more that people are vaccinated, the less uh, there's going to have to be rules around it. I know the compliance burden on hospitality is is enormous already, but um, I feel like if people want to get open sooner, then I don't really see a way around, um, yeah, just keeping a check on on who's vaccinated and who's not. That's it, yeah. I mean, that seems to be the way it's going to have to be. But, um, you know, most people we speak to are doing the right thing, you know. Everyone's getting vaccinated, which is great. Um, so, I mean, hopefully it'll be, it'll be fine. I think more people, the more people who do get vaccinated, I think others are just encouraged, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, well, I've got your, um, I often see the tuck shop and the comma, uh, pics flash by on Instagram and I have to say that it's all looks, I don't know, it all looks super edible and just like you want to get it in your face what do you think it is like let's talk about bagels perhaps which i know is a bit of a specialty of yours what do you think makes a really great bagel well our bagel we we use sauvignon bagels and they're really, really soft um they're based on balaclava elsimic area sort of um and yeah just um yeah really soft bagels for us is what we what we like um and delicious fillings, you know. It's uh, we've because we, 
with crooked letters, which is the original sites, they're called kind of the classics. You know, you got your sort of smoked salmon, cream cheese, and your, your pastrami beef. Um, whereas the tuck shop ones, we want them to be fancy. We want them to be fun. So, um, you know, you got those sort of pr- more premium ingredients. And, um, um, yeah, we do specials every weekend with them just to keep keep people interested. So we did a lobster, lobster bisque special. We've done a roast chicken gravy uh, with crispy skin, that sort of stuff. Um, so, and we're doing a, this weekend, we're doing a brisket, smoked brisket. Oh, what else goes in that? Um, oh, we'll do a really nice slaw with a horseradish, um, horseradish mayo, like a remoulade sort of thing. Um, and yeah, maybe, um, maybe a hot mustard or something as, as well. Haven't fully decided on it yet, but, um, yeah, no, we've, um, we're, so, Luke, who I was mentioning earlier, our head chef, he used to be the head chef of Big Pig. Um, and they're gonna, we're doing a bit of a collab with them. So they're gonna smoke the briskets for us. We'll pick them up on the morning and then we'll have hot brisket bagels. Um, that sounds a, so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, um, that sounds so delicious. I think all the collaborations at the moment are really warming my heart. You know, it's often it's a pretty competitive world, but I think more and more you just see it's like people are just looking for ways to connect, you know, it's it's really really heartening i'm writing about it at the moment you know there's so many so many cool things coming up like a, there's um yum sing house is collaborating with scoopy milk bar so yum sing's doing like cantonese beef and yum sing's uh sorry bing the um scoopy is doing bing su so shaved ice elaborate amazing shaved ice desserts um yeah hayley rachel from enterfire laundry is collaborating with avani winery she was going to be in residence there but instead they're delivering dinner boxes with pre-release wine uh, one of the funnest ones that um i've i'll preview now is um cook's food which does amazing dinner boxes is collaborating with the band client liaison so this like 80s influenced band um shit that you get um some 80s food or inspired food uh really delivered with the ep from the band um you know people are just really going to town with um yeah this defining different ways to connect around great food and drink experiences and music now too i just love it well, we did a. Um, uh, we were quite inspired actually by Hamish and Ben's eighties um, cookalong. Did you did you see that, Ben Shuri? Um That was awesome. So we thought for our Father's Day, oh, let's do a video. So we did a video. Just I mean, it was a twenty minute long thing. And when we did our sort of um, information sheet with the with the dine at home pack, we had a QR code linked to the video. You know, we had a QR code linked to one of our Spotify playlists from. Um, from comma, you know, and it's doing those little extra things with keeping people engaged and like, you know, when you can't go out and have fun, you may as well have fun at home, right? Yeah. I'd, it never ceases to amaze me, just the creativity, just, you know, that keeps being new ways to connect. I just think it's, yeah, it's just, it's really, it, it's really impressive and it's really heartwarming. And it also gives me a lot of faith in the future that's out before us you know we're just um we love connecting with one another around food food and drinks and yeah we're just going to keep doing it i just can't wait to like see what like the hospitality sort of and restaurant um industry does in you know especially in melbourne like next year because um you can see what people are doing now it's just when when we open up and there's full teams back in restaurants it's the food's just going to be next level you know so 
you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Just looking at some chefs and things like that, what they're doing, and and um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. I mean, the other thing as well, what I found really great is, um, you know, chefs doing their, their retail ranges. You know, the Tom's um, hummus um, and um, that that cheese from is it coal? Yeah, I got that. Um, the other weekend it was it's, it's so good so you did well to get in because i think it sold out in five seconds flat <laughs> yeah well i was at make Munger the day before and i um they said i got you can go online three o'clock and order and i was like okay sweet so i was i was in there on the dot so love it it's like today's concert tickets it's like collins cheese it's just brilliant i love it um so matt yeah it looks like a few more tricky weeks to get through but so much to look forward to it's um it's been really brilliant to hear the energy and optimism with which you're dealing with the present but also looking forward to a bright future thank you so much for having a chat to me today it's really fantastic to have you on the show thanks so much and also thank you for um you know being such a beacon of light for the hospitality industry you're always doing something and you know being positive yourself and um, you know, t- being able to tell people stories is such a good way to support us. So thanks. No worries. Well, thanks for saying that. And yeah, it's a pleasure to be in touch. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is-